Good morning. Welcome to Hope. I'm Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. I uh, want to extend my welcome to you and also uh, say Happy Mother's Day as well to all of those moms who are out there today. We celebrate you. We give thanks to God for you in our lives. We're continuing today our sermon series on Philippians. We're walking through this little book of Philippians. Last week, I encouraged you, and I do this again this week, to take time to read that little book. Take time to open your your Bible and to read the book of Philippians because there's so much there for us to soak in. I promise, as you read those words from the Apostle Paul, words from thousands of years ago, you will be filled up. Last week we talked about gratitude and how we can give thanks even in the midst of circumstances that are beyond our control. And today we talk about joy, about a joy that doesn't come from this world that you and I call home, but a joy that comes only from God, only from Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for you and for me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, as we experience and ponder your word, we ask that it would teach us to know you more, that it would help us to love you more, and that we would understand you more and who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was a a seminary student, one of the jobs that I had was in the maintenance department. And so in the, the spring and in the summer, what that meant for me was that I would be planting and watering and mowing grass over and over again. That was a wonderful thing to be out in the sunshine. But what it meant for the other uh, 11 months of the year is that I would be plowing and moving snow. And I really actually enjoyed it. Seemed like those winters in St. Paul were uh, heavier snow winters, and so there was a lot of days that, that I went in early, early, early and started to move snow. I remember one day where uh, I went in, and the, the night before, the snow seemed to have just dumped for hours and hours, and so I wasn't sure if I'd actually even be able to make it up the hill to the maintenance shop to park my car because the snow was about as high as my tires, but somehow I made it in, and, and uh, we, we got to work, and we began to clear snow, and it seems like we did that for hours that morning. There were a couple miles of sidewalk on the campus. It was a big campus, lots of parking lots, and after We'd moved everything that we could with tractors and plows and skid loaders. It became time for the really fun work, which was the many, many, many steps, the steep places, and all those little crevices where you couldn't get with equipment. So we worked hard on that, and at about 10 in the morning that day, we took a break. One of my favorite things about working on that crew, working on the maintenance crew, was that there were lots of international students who worked there alongside of us, and so I got to work with people from Cameroon, from Egypt, from Liberia, and when you're shoveling snow or or doing things outside, you, you get a chance to really talk to one another for a long time, and so I got to learn about them and their lives. They got to learn about me and my life. We got to know one another, and we'd do fun things like after 
work was over, we'd take our lunches or our breaks oftentimes in the maintenance shop. There was a kitchen in there and we'd cook for one another and got to try the foods, uh, try new foods, all of us, but not that morning. That morning we didn't stop in the maintenance shop to eat. We stopped in the cafeteria. And I remember sitting there at a, at a table with a few guys and we're sitting there. It was cold outside, but we were warm because we'd been shoveling and there was someone at that table who had this little cup of cold strawberry yogurt, eating that. And then there was Philip. Philip was at the table too. Philip was from Liberia. He hated the snow. But some, for some reason, he signed up to shovel it. And uh, he looked at that yogurt and he said, you know, I don't think I've ever had yogurt like that before. And so he, he went and he got one and he, he went and sat down and, and he opened it up and he put his spoon in it and he, he went to taste it. And when he did, I'm not kidding you, his eyes lit up. He was like a little kid on Christmas and he said, man, that is good. And he just finished it super fast. And then he said with the brightest eyes, this huge smile, I said, I'm going to go get another one. And he did. And I don't know if it was because we'd been out working so hard or, or what, but that moment, sitting there eating cold strawberry yogurt was this moment of, of pure joy for him. And, and it was for us who were sitting there as well. We got to experience it right alongside him. And I won't forget it because you could literally see the joy right there in his eyes. It was this pure, simple joy. We all want that, don't we? We all want that, some joy in our world, some joy in our lives, some gladness. We want something that we can rejoice over, even if it's a small thing. I heard the other day someone say something, and I'm sure you've heard someone say something like this in your life. I wish I could just see something good on the news, something to bring a little bit of joy into all of the heaviness of this world, because it's a heavy place. We need joy. We chase it, think we choose it whenever we can. Because joy, what it does is it, it pulls us out of the muck of the world, a smile, a laugh, doing something that we love. It, it can work wonders up in our heads and in our hearts and in our spirits and in our bodies and in our very being. We want joy, but even more, I, I'm standing here today and I, I believe that we need it. We need joy in our lives. We need it to sustain us. We need it. And so the question becomes, where do we get it? I think for me, when I think about that question of where joy comes from, a lot of times I think it, it's the thing that happens when I lose track of time. So for me, it's, it's, it's things like walking out in the sunshine with my family. I won't do that today. It's things like playing music or, or reading a really good book, walking in a field with my dogs. When I'm doing those things, oftentimes I forget about the time and the rhythms of my life, the rhythms of this world, and I wonder if maybe when I'm doing those things, if I'm getting tugged back, if I'm getting pulled back into the rhythms and into the life of God, when I'm experiencing fully the gifts that he has given me, the gifts of family, the gifts of music, that whatever they are, his, his creation, when I'm in those things, I feel joy. That's me. What about you? 
What about you? What are the moments of joy in your life? I did a little unscientific poll this last week of some people that I was with, and and here's what I heard from them when I asked that question, what brings you joy? One said traveling the world and seeing how other people live. Another said watching. I love to watch the faces of grandparents as they watch their grandchildren play at sporting events. It's like watching the older generation watch the younger generation and you can just see the pride they have in what they helped to create. Someone else said it's the feeling of the sun on a warm sunny day. Another said it's watching your children become more and more confident in life. One person told me that it was their work. She works in a middle school and and she loves to see the impact that she gets to have on children and on their lives. Another said hearing my child laugh. It's pure joy. There is lots of joy in this world. These little blessings from, from God, our Father who made us, who loves us. There's many things for us to rejoice and be glad about. The Bible talks about joy too in lots of places. The Bible uh, talks about the Psalms tell us to shout for joy. The Psalms ask us ask God to, to restore our joy. The prophets talk about taking joy in the salvation of God. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy, my joy, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The Apostle Paul talks over and over again about joy, about rejoicing and about gladness. He talks about the power of joy that comes not from the world that you and I live in, but from God, from God alone. And today's reading is about that. Quick review, we've been in this series on Philippians for a few weeks now. This is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. He's writing to thank them. He's writing to encourage them. And his words, they're filled. As you read this book, the the themes that permeate the entire little letter are thanksgiving and joy and peace. What's strange about that is, is that Paul's writing this letter as a prisoner. He's in prison in Rome. He's captive. He doesn't know what tomorrow's going to bring for him, but still, he does this thing called gratitude. And still, despite everything that he's facing, he's able to rejoice, to rejoice and be glad. The section that we read today comes right after this passage that we call the Christ hymn. It's this little passage, this little poem almost, where Paul talks about the life of Jesus. He talks about how even though Jesus was God, he didn't use that fact for himself. Instead, he gave it away. He poured himself out. He emptied himself even to the point of death on a cross. And Paul tells those Philippians to be like that, to sacrifice their very lives just as Jesus Jesus did to let their minds and their hearts be like that. And he goes on today to tell them, and I believe to tell us, that joy, that rejoicing and gladness come even in the midst of sacrifice and suffering. He writes these words. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure 
children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. There's something that happens as we cling to the word of God, as we hold on to the word of life. We're pulled away from the warped, crooked, sinful nature of this world. As we hold on to the word of God, as we hold on to Jesus, we let go of the brokenness. And that changes our lives when we let go and grab on to Jesus. That changes our lives in some very real ways. Paul goes on to say this. Even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Even if I'm being poured out, even if I'm sacrificing, I'm glad and rejoice. The joy of God, the gladness of God, it's something that you and I can experience. It's something that we can hold onto, and because of that, even in moments of sacrifice, even in moments where we experience deep hurt and pain, the joy of God can be something that transforms us. It's different than the other joys of life. It's not about what we're doing, but it's about how we do it. Joy is a way of living. It's a way of being. Rejoice and be glad with me, Paul says, not because you're having fun, not because you lost track of time doing something you love, not because you're eating a really good cup of yogurt. Rejoice and be glad because Jesus in his death and in his resurrection has changed who you are. He's changed your very being and what it means for you and I to live in this world. In him, you are forgiven. His grace is enough for you and in him, you are a new creation. Rejoice because of that. It's hard for me to talk about rejoicing and about joy without talking about C.S. Lewis. You and I know him probably first as the man who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. But he wrote lots of other books too, lots of really important books, and one of them is called Surprised by Joy. And in that book, he talks about this journey of faith that he went on, a journey from atheism into faith. And at the core of that journey is this word, joy, this word that he realized he had misunderstood and completely underestimated. See, for a while, he thought that joy was an earthly thing. He thought that joy and faith, they couldn't go together, that, that faith would mean giving up the earthly joys of this world, but he realized something. He was surprised by something, the same thing that the Apostle Paul had realized years before. Joy, it's not about things. It's not about the experiences that we collect in life. It's bigger than that. Our joy is a person. It's found in a person. Our joy is Jesus Christ. And yes, you and I, we're going to have wonderful moments of joy in our lives, but they're different because they don't last. They aren't forever. Eventually, the yogurt runs out. The book ends. The laughter can become tears. The moments fade. But our God, our God is eternal. 
his love, his peace, his grace, his joy, those things are forever. And because of that, we can always do as Paul did. We can always rejoice and be glad, even from places of deep, deep sadness and hurt and loss. You know, I think one of the times that our culture and our world tells us is supposed to be a joyful time in our life is when we graduate from high school. Our seniors are preparing to do that now and move on to whatever's next. Maybe it's college, or maybe it's the military, or maybe it's a job, uh, the start of a career. It's this time for young people, uh, to a time of new beginnings, and often it's really an exciting time, but it isn't always. And I remember that for me, it wasn't, at least not at first. And that wasn't just because my parents drove me across the river and abandoned me at Concordia. It was for lots of reasons, lots of reasons, but those first few months of that transition, they were some of the loneliest and hardest days of my life. I can remember them very, very well. And I think it's the first time probably in my life that I realized just how hard life can be. It was through the grace of God, with the help of some really great people, that I was able to find joy joy in the midst of of this really difficult period of my life. There are lots of people that I could think of, my parents, faith mentors, friends who would remember having long conversations with me, who would remember praying for me during those days, and I'm grateful for all of those people. But there's one person who I don't think would remember it at all. In fact, it's probably a person who probably doesn't even remember me at all. It was my choir director, my freshman choir director. I hadn't been in a choir since I stood on the orange carpeted risers that we still have at the North Campus. I was probably about this tall. But something compelled me at that lonely time in my life to join the freshman men's choir, and I'm so glad that I did because it was such a blessing for me. And I remember our choir director, Mr. Smith, and I remember his love of music. I remember his stories. I remember his big smile. He was always smiling. But even more than that, I remember how he spoke to us, young men here at the beginning of something new in our lives. I remember how he spoke to us about God how he radiated the joy of the Lord. He would say things to us like, sit on the edge of your chair, get your back straight, take a full deep breath and smile, and then you can begin to sing. And he would talk about how doing that, it would literally change the feeling inside of your body, how singing hymns and praise to God like that, according to him, it it would change your very being. And let me tell you, I believe him. He's right. It's true. Early in those days, I remember we were working on a, a piece of music, an updated version of this hymn, My Life Flows On in Endless Song. And I remember singing these words, this line, since Christ is Lord of heaven, and earth, how can I keep from singing? Going back day after day, week after week, and singing those words, it was an anchor. It was an anchor for me in a really tough time in my life, and I remember carrying those words with me between rehearsals, and I believe that because of that, I was able to cling on to Jesus. And even in a time of sorrow for me, I could rejoice and be glad. 
could feel that in my body. And I see more clearly now as I look back on that time that the joy of the Lord, the joy of God became Mr. Smith's joy, and then it became mine. That God poured into him and he poured into me. It's what we're called to do as people of faith, to claim and proclaim the joy and the goodness and the gladness of God, to rejoice and be glad because it's contagious when we do and the world needs more of it because God's joy, the joy of Jesus, it has this power to break through all the hurt and the pain that surrounds us. I think of so many times sitting down with families who have just lost a loved one and how the, the power, the hope, and the joy of, of the resurrection of Jesus, the promise that we have in him, has a way of breaking through and, and allowing us to rejoice and to smile and to laugh as we remember that person who has gone on. I think of today, especially mothers, and the way that, that they are this anchor of joy and hope and peace so often in lives that are scary and uncertain, I think of our Stephen ministers here at Hope who, by their ministry of presence, they, they bring the joy of God to people who are experiencing loss and hurt as they sit with them and they, they listen to them. You and I, we're, we're called to do that too. We're called to rest in the goodness of God, to let his joy be ours, to, to stand on him, to lean on him, to put our faith in him, to draw on him on the best days, but also on the worst days too, to rejoice not in the circumstances of life, but to rejoice in him. I remember the song that we used to sing when I was in Sunday school. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? Down in my heart. Today I know this, we are not always going to feel happy. Sometimes our hurt, it's so deep that, that it seems like it's the only thing that there is in life. But because Jesus, there is joy down in our hearts, deep down, and no matter what happens to us, that joy will never fade. It doesn't make any sense, but in that joy, and in that joy alone, like the Apostle Paul, like C.S. Lewis, and like my dear choir director, Mr. Smith, we can cling to Jesus, and we can rejoice, and we can be glad. Amen. Father in heaven, today we give you our thanks. Not because of the fact that we have everything figured out. Not because we're always filled up with happiness. But Lord, we give you our thanks today because no matter what, deep down, there's a joy that can be found in you. In the promise of your son. In his love for us that you cared for this world, that you loved this world enough that you sent him to seek and save the lost. There is joy in that. Teach us to cling to that joy today and always. In Jesus' name, amen.